Say Your Piece was created with women in mind. Women are often unheard or spoken over, but not here. Here, women speak authentically and spiritually about their life experiences, no matter the subject. The pun is intentional. By saying their piece, they find their peace. Thanks so much for being here. My name is Ali Krasner. Let's dive in. So hello and welcome to this episode of Say Your Peace. I'm Ali and I'm here with my friend Marla. How are you today, Marla? Hi, great. Good to see you in person on Zoom and, and to be here. So thanks for having me. Nice to see you too. Marla was just apologizing for her lack of background because she actually just <laughs> sold her house. So big, exciting news, right? Yes, that is. It's very exciting. Yeah, even more exciting when you don't have a place to go or you're not sure what you're going to do yet. <laughs> you're just going to sort of see where the winds take you, huh? as they exactly. say, I guess. Yeah, love that. Well, Marla's here today to talk to us about her journey in healing her autoimmune disease. So Marla, let's sort of rewind and go back to the beginning. Could you talk about how you found out that you had this disease? Yeah, I was traveling to Southern California to visit a friend. And when I got to the house, by the time dinner came around, my foot started swelling. And so I took Advil and iced it, and I thought maybe it was from sitting in the car so long for the yeah. drive or something. Right. But the next day, it still continued. The Advil didn't do anything for it. And from that point on, it got worse and worse. It swelled up more and more, and by Thanksgiving, I was... Um, it started, this whole process started in September. By November, I had to buy crutches because I could not touch my foot to the ground. It was wow. so swollen and uncomfortable. And in addition to that, I was also exhausted. One day I was embarrassed to even tell the doctor, but I slept until four in the afternoon. Like I was wow. really exhausted. I had hired a trainer. I was going to get in shape and she had me push this thing kind of across the gym floor and I had to stop and sit down and I told her, I was like, this is not like me at all. So I was going to doctors through this process and I started at the family medical doctor and he ran blood work and took an x-ray. But the, the one thing it did show was that the blood work showed I was extremely anemic. Okay. And he was surprised that hadn't been figured out beforehand. And I had almost zero iron in my blood. Wow. So, I mean, usually like the ferritin was a four and I think it's, um, I forget what it's supposed to be, but it's, it's up a lot higher than a four is where it should be yeah. at your storage of iron. And then I had like no iron in the main part of the body, I guess, not the storage part. So that started my my journey trying to figure out what was going on with my body. Yeah, because I can imagine having a foot that's swollen so much. I mean, had that ever happened to you before in your life? No, that had never happened. Yeah, that would be super surprising and a little bit worrying, especially when you don't know what it's brought on by. Yeah, so we did the typical things. He x-rayed my foot to see if there was a fracture. And that's what I was thinking. Maybe there was a yeah. small fracture. I didn't realize I had. He didn't see anything, so he sent me to a podiatrist. He also took an x-ray and did not find the problem. And then I went to a rheumatologist. She wanted to take another x-ray 
and I put my foot down, the good one. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I love that, the good one. Yeah. And, and she, I told her that I just did not want any more radiation that was unnecessary. I'd already had two, you know, two different doctors x-raying my foot. So she said instead we could do an MRI, which would show more information. Okay. So she did that. And um, I remember she called me into the office. She didn't tell me over the phone the results and uh, let me know. At that time, she said it was rheumatoid arthritis. Okay. So this was the first doctor who's actually giving you some sort of answers or? Yes. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah. And I remember I was overwhelmed and started crying because I knew what that meant. I knew it meant a life of pain because I, other people in my uh, extended family had, had had that. Okay. So I went home. I was so depressed about it for a few days and I was holding what my mom would call a pity party. Um, yeah. for myself. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but after a few days, I just got recharged and decided I need to take this into my own hands now. And I need to start researching and finding solutions for this. I was determined at that point that this was not my life. I didn't feel attached to it. I didn't feel like this was now my identity. I knew it was important to be as positive as possible yeah, and not attach myself to it and have hope that I could find solutions. So that was sort of the next phase um, was having hope and finding solutions. That's so important what you say to not sort of be attached to it because I feel like people who go through things or have serious medical conditions can often identify themselves with it or by it. And as you say, it's not really helping the person progress or move forward, is it, right? And we are not our medical conditions. So then you're diagnosed by this doctor. Did the doctor who diagnosed you give you any treatment options? Are there treatment options for rheumatoid arthritis? There is a typical protocol that the doctor will give, which is to put you on, usually it would be something like prednisone for the inflammation and a drug, the one they wanted to put me on was methotrexate. It'll, it's also used in chemotherapy treatments of some okay. kind, I believe. It's a very harsh drug. I mean, it does have side effects. Um, you do start to lose your hair. They also gave me the option to add in Humira down the road um, if I didn't feel like that treatment was working, okay. which is just adding more drugs more side effects and more problems so and also it's for life it's it's like a drug you would stay on from what i understood you know it's not healing you it's sort of hiding or taking care of the symptoms of yeah the problem but not solving the problem i was scared enough by the conversation at that time to start it but I also told the doctor that I was not going to stay on it, that I was determined I was going to find a solution and get off of the medication. So I did that. Um, I did start it. And uh, about, I, I forget if it was like three months into it, I did lose like half my hair. Well, you can see oh. I have thick hair. Yeah, I was going to say you have beautiful hair. Yeah. Yeah. So I 
I lost about half the thickness of it. My hairdresser noticed it right away. <gasps> and that's when I was, I was heavily researching and looking for other solutions and trying yeah. different things at that point and was determined to get off of that, get off of the drug with all the symptoms, side effects that it had. And was the medication helping you at all to sort of relieve the symptoms? The prednisone, from what I was told, is supposed to kick in pretty quickly. Okay. For me, it wasn't working. And when I, I was on it for even, I think it was into the second month and I had spoken with the doctor and the doctor told me to, if you have any inflammation at all, just stay on it. I didn't see the sense in that because it was not benefiting me. It wasn't doing anything for me. Okay. So I did say I was going to get off and I was told that you have to get off it very slowly because you're, well, and I, and I uh, researched that also. I was just told to get off it slowly, but I didn't understand why. So I researched that further and it said something about the adrenals. Your adrenals have to have time to kick back in. Okay. Because when you're taking the prednisone, I guess it sort of takes over for your adrenals. Yeah. I hope I'm saying that correctly, but that was my understanding. It did make me uh, think, okay, instead of just going off cold turkey, I'll, I'll do it the proper way and do it slowly now that I have the reasoning behind it. Yeah, yeah, sure. It seems normal that I guess you're whatever medication you're taking, your body sort of gets used to it and adapts. So that, that makes right. sense that it would take time to adapt uh, once you decided to get off it as well. Yeah. So then you did decide to get off that and the other medication as well? Were you taking the other one as well? Yes, I was taking the methotrexate and I did uh, research further on my own. And by this time I had found a second rheumatologist who was more willing to hear me out and hear what I had found or researched and give me his thoughts on it. And so that was great to find a doctor that will listen to you. Is yeah. so important. So I would, I told him that in my research, I found there was a different drug. I believe it was called sulfasalazine that I had read doesn't affect you in the same way as methotrexate. It, it doesn't have the same negative repercussions. Okay. So he switched the medication without a problem. So if I hadn't researched, if I hadn't spoken up in the doctor's office, I would have been on the methotrexate still, rather than finding something that was maybe less harmful to me. That's crazy. It, sometimes it does seem like doctors are sort of on automatic in a way, right? When they hear it's X condition, they're like, okay, X condition, Y medicine. Yeah. And that's crazy that if you hadn't said anything, Maybe even, well, we haven't talked about the rest of your journey yet, but maybe even today, right? You'd still be on the, that same medication. And it's hard. I mean, I don't know if you found it hard. Maybe you can talk a little bit about that to, to speak up and to ask your doctor, you know, I've seen there's some other things out there. Can we look at some other solutions? How did you find that experience? Was it difficult for you? If I had been, um, I don't want to say younger, it wasn't a matter of age. It was more a matter of... I was raised in a traditional manner where you listen to the authorities, you listen to, yeah. I went to a Catholic school, you listen to the priest, you listen to your teachers or the doctor and your parents and all of that. And 
that's setting aside your own thoughts and feelings and emotions sometimes to do what someone else expects of you. Yeah. And the thing that changed that for me, I believe was, it was a combination of things growing up, like learning to use my voice. I remember I waitressed, even though I was very shy and waitressing really helped make me realize that people are all the same. No one is more worthy of being heard than you are. And then when I was married, I found I've used my voice to leave an unhealthy marriage. And that really exercised that muscle of speaking up. And so I grew stronger through that. And it really benefited me when it came time to this healing process and I needed to use my voice. So I was able to do it. I was determined to do it, to speak up. And I didn't care at that point anymore about uh, what I might look like or sound like when I used my voice because I knew this is my life. Like yeah. I'm the only one that can design it or be responsible for it. If I listen to what someone else said and live that life, that is completely disowning myself. So it, speaking up doesn't mean that you're rude or you say things in a forceful way. It just means that you are being genuine. You're being real and true to yourself. And you can say it in a nice way. So when I went into the doctor's office, I would tell them, one thing I told every doctor, I said, I do not want to hear about this disease, which by the way, it did, the diagnosis got changed okay. from rheumatoid arthritis. And then they changed it to ankylosing spondylitis based on all the blood work and my family history and other information about my symptoms. So did they want to change the, the medication then based on that new information? Um, no, the, the thing is with autoimmune, it's all... I, I'm not a doctor, but I'm saying this from my experience. It's all similar. Okay. So right. if you have an autoimmune condition, I believe you can heal. And I believe you can heal in the same manner that I healed using the same process. You know, I think it's more just they label things based on how those symptoms manifest. That's okay. the way I look at it. Okay. And I look at it as the overall issue with your immune system, you have to remove all those layers that are burdening your immune system to make it function in the way it's meant to function. I love everything that you just said. And I totally resonate with the age thing as well. I mean, I'm in my thirties, but I think in my early twenties, I was the same way because that's how we've been raised. Yeah. Right. And to see sort of our parents and authority figures are sort of gods in a way. Right. Right not to say that they're not important because of course they do sort of shape our worldview and teach us what we need to know but i think that age does factor in and just as you spoke about your your life experience right as a waitress and then leaving the unhealthy marriage and the more life experiences we accumulate i think the more we come to realize or hopefully we come to realize what you've realized which is that it's it's our life right and if right. we want something we're gonna say so and we can't always please everybody but we can do it in a way that's assertive yet kind and open-minded and I think that's exactly. that's so important because women are often 
I don't want to say seen as docile, <laughs> um, but in a way, yeah, right? And it's almost like we're conditioned that it's not ladylike in a way to speak your mind. When I think right. if it's done respectfully, there's, there's absolutely nothing, nothing negative about it. So I'm really, really glad that you addressed that. So let's, let's move to how, how did you sort of heal from the disease? Because it seems like nowadays you've sort of got it managed. So could you maybe share with our listeners some of the steps that you yourself took? Yeah, sure. I, the very first step I took, um, I heard that healing takes place in the gut. So I changed my diet completely for three months. I was extremely strict. I had no grain or gluten or dairy or soy or nuts <laughs> um, and no sugar, wow. which included fruit. I was so afraid, like I have no tolerance for pain. That's where my, what would you say? Where my. Yeah. It's like your kryptonite in a way. It's kind of like your weak point. You can't uh, sort of deal with pain. Yes, exactly. Yeah. So I was determined to heal. I will say that. So I also, even at the expense of losing sugar and all these other foods that I was used to eating. So for three months, I followed that very strict diet and I did find I was in a very good mood, despite the fact that I had this condition, I found I was more clear in my thinking. And I don't know if that was, I, I, th I believe it was a combination of removing all those foods at that time. And I think sugar is pretty powerful. And yeah. when you remove that, it's amazing the effect it has on your body in a good way and everything else tasted sweeter like broccoli tasted sweet to me oh. um, it was very interesting how the taste buds changed when you eliminate sugar but i did that for i guess for three months and then i started incorporating in certain things i incorporated fruit back in and, and i slowly would incorporate some other things in but I never brought back gluten or grain okay, or dairy. Those I still don't, I don't eat. They're not a part of my diet. So the diet was the big first step. And then beyond that, I do also want to add at that time, I had asked myself, like, what is the lesson here? What is the lesson of me getting this disease? What do I have to learn? And it came to me that it might be accepting help from people because I was never one to accept help. I'm always willing to help other people, but it's harder to accept help. It is. And so I just thought, all right, the next person that asked me, I'm going to accept the help that they offer. So I was on crutches. I, I hobbled by, I should say, um, Whole Foods and went into Starbucks next door to it. And when I came out, this man was there and he, he was there to open the door for me. And he struck up a conversation and said, I'm sure you probably need to get groceries next door. I saw you go by on your crutches. And he said, I'd be happy to help you grocery shop. Oh, and normally I would have been like, no, that's fine. That's okay. You know, and but I had just said that to myself, the next person that asked to help me, I'm going to accept it. So I was like, okay, sure. And so 
we went into the store and I would tell him what items I needed and he would put them in a bag and hold it for me. And we had a conversation in the meantime about how he had broken his neck when he was in college and he had a big neck brace for a long time. And he wow. even had a t-shirt made because so many people asked him about it. And so he had a t-shirt made that said, um, I forget if it said like I broke my neck and what it said something about his injury. <laughs> and <laughs> so he said, I totally feel for you being on crutches because I know what that is like. Yeah. So we left the store and then I thanked him and he was super nice and he was a young guy. He was like 30 and it was just that experience just opened up my heart in some way. I can't explain that I continued to accept help and I received it. You wouldn't believe how many people offered help. They came out of the woodwork. I mean, any place I went, they'd open a door, they'd get me a chair or they'd uh, help me with my, groceries, number of people, you know, another woman said, Oh, you can put them in my cart and all while you shop, just put your stuff in my cart. So you don't have to carry it. Oh, that's so or sweet. This other man, the grocery store, the manager came running over when he saw me on crutches holding a bag and he, he brought over one of those motorized carts and he said, Oh, please, you know, take this. And it was so sweet. Later, I thought, you know, it may have been a combination of he didn't he didn't want me to have an accident in his store. <laughs> You're a liability, <laughs> right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> but um, but it was very sweet, very thoughtful. And what I found was like when you work that muscle of opening up to kindness from people that they respond. It's like a force in the universe that whatever you're open to receiving, if you're open to receiving kindness, you get it multiplied. If you're open to receiving healing, you get that multiplied. And I found that with the healing too, that when I was open to alternative healing methods and new ideas and, and focused on that, they came to my doorstep. I mean, people came into my path, you know, came along the path with some, great information or I researched and found a specific thing I was looking for, or I talked to the doctor and he was willing to work with my other doctor. And it just all works when you, I guess, are open and when you're focused on that. And when you believe, when you believe it can happen, when you believe people can be kind, when you believe you can find solutions to your health issues, it comes to you. It's very interesting how that works. I love that. That's beautiful. If you're open to receive, you'll receive, right? Yeah. And so what kind of things sort of came into your path? What kind of healing did you try? I tried everything. I mean, I, probably I'm very curious by nature anyway, so I probably went above and beyond what someone might want to tap into. But, <laughs> um, but I did try Reiki which I found that very peaceful. My mind sort of went into a meditative state. I didn't feel the discomfort of my foot when I would do it. Um, I also did acupuncture, which the first time I did the acupuncture, 
first I got very cold and my teeth actually chattered. Oh, wow. Okay. And then I got very hot and I asked her, I was like, is this normal? Like it kind of freaked me out. And she said, no, I just, you had blocked energy and I just am releasing it. And so it's flowing through your body. And so that was an interesting experience. And I went back a number of times to the acupuncturist because I did find some relief in that. I also did sound healing, which is another amazing thing. And like I went to a community center where someone was doing this sound healing and it was really amazing. I came out of it feeling so light and so positive and it was really a great experience. Is that where they sort of play um, gongs or chimes on certain frequencies? Is that the idea of this one? Yes. Yeah. Okay. Yes. Yeah. All different kinds of instruments and they all have some kind of healing frequency. Okay. So those are some of the things, but as well as that, I did, you know, the diet was a big part of it. Also, I would say with healing to find a good doctor that works well with you. That's a very big thing. And I actually used more than one doctor. Okay. I had the rheumatologist, but I also worked with a naturopath down the road. I also worked with functional medicine. So it's important to work with someone who understands autoimmune at a, I want to say at a nutritional level, as well as someone who runs a variety of tests that are different than what the MD would order for you. Yeah, I love the diet thing because it's almost like in Western culture, we've sort of forgotten about the prevention part of disease. It's like we only treat the disease once it's actually happened. Right. Um, and I think that yeah, diets can, I mean, obviously not all diseases can be prevented, but it can sort of get you off on the right foot to, you know, having a stronger immune system or, you know, being more, yeah, exactly. being more ready if something does hit. So, yeah, I think that's, that's an important thing for, for everybody, I think. Yeah, I think you're right. Yeah. And the autoimmune, they say usually starts like 20 to 30 years before you're diagnosed. Oh, it's really? Not, wow. Okay. It's not something that just comes on out of the blue. So I did have looking back, you know, I can look back now and see instances where that was the case, where I had an issue with my gut or um, because I used to have stomach aches. I used to not like, I never liked milk or peanut butter and jelly sandwiches at school. Like most kids would bring. Yeah. I, you know, I would bring something different. So I think my body knew, you know, way back then that there was some issue. Yeah, no, that was a question I was just going to ask you when you spoke about your foot, if there was anything that you thought sort of triggered it. But from what you're saying now is that it sort of starts, I don't know if you could say developing, but yeah, developing in like 20 or 30 years before you actually see the symptoms. Yeah, I think that goes to show your body is very strong and resilient. You know, the amount of things that people put on their body um, or trauma they put on their body or food that isn't healthy or you, you think that goes on for years. Your, yeah. your body is actually fighting it all that time and trying to manage it until finally it's just you put too much burden on it. So, yeah, I think I look at my immune system as something so fantastic and something that I want to protect 
And so during this process, I would try something each month. Like, what can I do to like remove another layer off of my immune system? So beyond the diet, I also uh, looked into, based on these other tests, um, I looked at nutritional deficiencies and I looked at bacteria that was in my body that shouldn't be there. I looked at uh, heavy metals in my body and like food allergies, also checking your iron and vitamin D levels because when you, when you have an autoimmune condition, you want to make sure your, your vitamin D is at a therapeutic level. Um, and also as far as vitamins and mineral deficiencies, that can really affect your body. I think sometimes you think of vitamins as, oh, take a multivitamin. But if you're deficient in something, say vitamin C or zinc or selenium or whatever it is, they all have a purpose and they all, sure. some work together. Um, so if you're low in one, then the other one is not going to be working properly. So it's important to have your own individual blood work done um, or analysis done because every body is different. So it's not just a matter of I'll take a multivitamin and I'll eat healthy. You have to see what your body reacts to and what you're deficient in. And also the last part of that main part of it is parasites too, is to check for parasites. Because a lot of people, even if you traveled out of the country, okay, you tend to get it. Or just if your food is mishandled or in stagnant, some kind of water, or if you yeah. maybe swam in a river, or I think they're all different ways that you you get it and you want to make sure that you don't have them and that they haven't gotten out of control. Well, that's so important. I think what you say about all the different imbalances you can have, we often think of things as isolated. So we think, oh, you know, if I have this one imbalance, I'll just treat that and then everything else will be fine. But as you say, everything's connected, right? The body is like a, an information superhighway or, you know, whatever, <laughs> whatever kind of yeah. metaphor you want to make or a tree or um, right. If one thing's out of whack, it's going to affect something else. So I think that's a really important point you bring up to sort of treat the whole body and not just sort of spot treat one leaf that's part of a giant tree. Right. Right. So I yeah. think that's that's really important. And so after all of this experimentation, all these different things you've tried, is there anything you've found that really works really well for you that you've continued, maybe? Um, the things I've continued is the diet of no grain, no gluten, no dairy, no soy. Um, and I find there are plenty of things that you can substitute. I don't have is I don't have an issue with the diet at this point because there are so many alternatives. You know, you have coconut milk or almond milk. Or, um, and there's like, even if you want cheese, there's I think Taya cheese or, or some people have made cheese out of cauliflower. Um, yeah. I don't know. There's I all, like, yeah. all different substitutes, right? In California, it must be readily available as well. So you're not really yeah, asking for anything. <laughs> Exactly. Yeah. 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 California is a great place to be if you uh, want that type of diet for sure. And hopefully it's gaining momentum across the country. You know, the East Coast also is, is a good place for it. In the Midwest, not as much. So hopefully it makes its way there. 
treatment. Um, All right. So you've continued the diet, and are there any other healing modalities that you continue? I do. I still do some sound healing because that brings me so much peace. I do meditation. That's also healing. Um, and I, what else? I've, well, I've done various uh, cleanses of one type or another. Okay. I've used it infrared sauna. I, I ended up really benefiting from it and feeling good when I do that. So I ended up purchasing my own. So I go in that about every other day right now, but. I'm super curious, what is an infrared sauna? Well, it's a light and it's the heat that goes deeper into your cells. Okay, okay. And so you don't sweat as much necessarily as you would in um, a typical sauna, but it goes deeper, that's what they say. Okay. And then it does have little lights that you can change the lighting to the different colors that's supposed to be therapeutic. Each color is supposed to be therapeutic in a different way. It feels really good to go in and, and also just feels good to know like you're releasing maybe the heavy metals and then you just replenish with minerals after so it doesn't deplete the good stuff. Yeah, that's something I, I love. Yeah, so the main thing really I would tell someone is to consult with someone who understands autoimmune and nutrition and have like a functional medicine doctor or a naturopath that can really work with you throughout the process of healing. And I would always recommend to do your research as well. You know, you can always bring it to that doctor and, and talk about it and share what you've learned. And also I would definitely be your own advocate. I think that is the most important thing. You know what's going on in your body. You're the one that feels it and yeah. can intuitively know sometimes more what's going on than they can see through a specific test. So I would say keep using your voice and standing up for yourself and for your health. That would be the main thing. And also keep an open mind and an open heart because that would be my advice you know, an open mind to new healing modalities, trying new things that might work for you and benefit you and keeping an open heart, keeping love around you. Like I've been very fortunate. I have a large family and they're very supportive, very loving, which has been so helpful, but not everyone has that. Sure. So if you don't have family or close friends, you can still be open you can still open your heart to people when you go into a store or when you, wherever you go in the world, it's like, do it with kindness and it will come back to you. And if someone offers you help, I would say, take it and multiply that. That's so beautiful. And I think that's, that's a good wrap up for us. I think, um, Marla, do you want to tell people a little bit about what your next adventure is and where you're going after you sell the house? Well, you don't know exactly where you're going, but <laughs> No. Yeah. I don't know where I'm going. I, I'll be going to a friend's house for just like a week or so. But beyond that, I have not decided where I want to settle down. So I sold a place. I have no home, no roots at the moment, but I may just continue traveling. I am considering a van rebuild and just traveling cross country and we'll see where that, where that all goes. 
I like to be spontaneous. This is being extremely spontaneous. <laughs> yes, yes. And I also hope to do a podcast that would launch possibly in uh, July called Open Minded Healing. So I want to share with other people these various healing modalities and really have experts explain what they are and the benefits of them. And maybe also have people on that have experienced healing through alternative healing modalities. Well, that sounds awesome, Marla, because I know we've only just scratched the surface here. So uh, yeah, if people want to go deeper, uh, we'll definitely put that in the show notes so that you can follow Marla on her many adventures. Well, thanks so much for being here and um, you'll have to keep us updated. All right. Yeah, I definitely will. Thank you, Allie. It was really fun spending this hour with you. (laughs) My pleasure. Bye, Marla. Bye. This episode is brought to you by Emerge and Shine Academy. Put yourself out there, move past the fear of public speaking, and have fun doing it. Our monthly membership is three sessions a month and a supportive community of women. Don't dim your light, embrace your shine. Learn more on Instagram at Emerge and Shine or on Facebook, Emerge and Shine. Thanks so much for listening, and we'll see you on the next episode of Say Your Peace.